In this episode, I talk with Tanya DePilla, who works with Canine Partners for Life, an organization that trains and matches service dogs with individuals seeking these companions. Welcome to episode 10 of Five Questions, the show where we talk to activists and advocates about the work they do and why they do it. Tell me a little bit about who you are and your backstory. Yeah. So my name is Tanya DePilla, and I am the Associate Director of Development and Communications at Canine Partners for Life, uh, which is a nonprofit organization that trains service and companion dogs for individuals with a wide range of physical and cognitive disabilities. So I actually started at Canine Partners as a volunteer almost 15 years ago. So I've been involved in the organization for several years now and just always had a passion for the mission, always had a great connection with the people that I was able to work with, the people who receive service dogs, other volunteers there, staff members there. And it just always had a, held a really special place in my heart. Um, So I volunteered actually throughout middle school and high school. And then when I was in college, my background is actually in education. So always thought, you know, I would graduate, get a teaching job and probably still volunteer for canine partners. But right after I graduated college, literally days after I graduated, there was an employee at canine partners who was going out on leave for surgery and they came to me and asked if I would fill in just for a few months. And I said, absolutely. I had been volunteering in the office for a long time, so I was happy to do it. And filled in for a couple months, which led to a couple other positions there and got me to the place that I am now. So um, I've had a long history with the organization, but I couldn't be happier to end up where I am. Like I said, the mission just really speaks to my heart, so I'm very happy to be there. Could you expand a little bit on how Canine for Life Um, works with the people that request assistance? Absolutely. So we have two different programs, a service dog program and a home companion dog program. Both programs service people with different physical and cognitive disabilities in different ways. So the service dog program are dogs that are with you 24-7. A lot of times these dogs are placed with individuals who have mobility impairments. It could be somebody who utilizes a wheelchair, somebody who has a condition like multiple sclerosis, spina bifida, um, cerebral palsy, anything of that nature. And the dog's purpose is really to help these individuals live a more independent life, um, live a better quality of life. So the dogs are trained to help with a lot of different physical skills. So they can help somebody actually walk because they do wear mobility harnesses. So they're able to help stabilize them, help them go up and down stairs. They can retrieve items off the ground, open and close doors, press elevator buttons, all kinds of different skills. And what that does is it allows these individuals to not have to rely on other people to help them. So you think if somebody is in a wheelchair and they drop 
their phone. They can't get it unless somebody is there to get it for them, but now their dog can get it. So they don't have to ask a family member, ask an aide. Um, for people that are a little more mobile, it gives them the energy and confidence to be able to go out and get a job. Maybe it gives them the confidence to go back to school. All kinds of different things like that become achievable when they have this service dog by their side. And in that category as well, we also train some medical alert dogs. So these are dogs that can alert to seizures, dogs that can alert to cardiac conditions, and dogs that can alert to diabetes. So for somebody that may have a seizure, they have no warning of when one is coming. So they can't ever, you know, they have the fear of maybe being on a staircase, having a seizure, falling down the stairs. They could be in a swimming pool or even in the shower and have a seizure and have that fear of being seriously injured, drowning, you know, terrible things like that, where our seizure alert dogs can actually alert somebody before a seizure occurs so that they know one is coming. It gives them that advanced warning, which takes the fear out of their life. So they now know a seizure is coming. They can lie down in a safe place, notify a family member, take medication, whatever they need to do to let the seizure, seizure pass, and then they can go on with their daily life. So it really takes away the fear out of their life, gives them more confidence, and gives them more independence. We have a lot of recipients of our dogs that who do have seizure disorders that now they they feel comfortable going and living at college on their own, or even just to the point where they feel confident that a family member doesn't have to be with them 24-7. So it's really just looking at each individual person and finding how a dog can benefit them because everybody's measure of independence is different. Even though somebody has the same disability, what they need assistance with could be totally different from the next person. So it's really just finding what works best for each individual person. Um, and then along with that service dog program, we also have a companion dog program that's a little different. Those dogs are trained just to stay in the home environment. They don't go into public, but they're placed a lot of times with young children who have autism, Down syndrome, um, somebody who's elderly and could just use the companionship of a dog. And really, it just gives them a best friend in life. It gives them motivation to get up and keep going every day. And those dogs are making a huge difference in their recipients' lives as well, just in a different way. And out of curiosity, what are the most common breeds that Canine for Life trains to help people? Good question. We primarily work with Labradors, so yellow and black labs. They're a working breed. They love to work. They love to please their partner. They have the right body style that we're looking for. They're a larger dog. They're a strong dog, which we need because our dogs are jumping up and turning lights on and off. They're jumping up and pressing elevator buttons. So we do need a larger breed. Some of our dogs, as I mentioned, do wear some mobility harnesses as well. So they're able to help somebody stay stable on the stairs, help somebody go from a seated position to a standing position, things like that. And Labradors just have the right body style for that. They also have a great temperament. Uh, they are received well by the public, which is important because when you have a service dog, that dog is with you 24-7. And that means the dog is going with you everywhere you go, when you go to the grocery store, when you go to work, when you go to school. 
And that becomes, for a lot of people with disabilities, it helps break down that social barrier. It helps them have more conversations, build more friendships, because people are now looking at the dog, not looking at the person's disability. Um, and people, a lot of people know labs, they love labs, so that helps as well. And they're also very food motivated. And we use all positive reinforcement training. So it's all click and treat based. So when the dog is doing something that we're asking of them, they're getting rewarded, they're getting a treat. So labs love that. Um, sometimes we use golden retrievers for a lot of the same reasons. We also use standard poodles for people that have severe allergies because poodles don't shed, so they're hypoallergenic, which is great. And then some mixes of those breeds, so Labradoodles, Golden Doodles, breeds like that. Could you talk about how you fit into the system and what it is that you do? Absolutely. So my role at Canine Partners um, I am the Associate Director of Development and Communications, so I work on the fundraising team, and I also do a lot of just all of the communications for the organization. So we have a annual budget, since we are a nonprofit, of about $1.5 that we have to raise every year because when people are placed with service dogs from Canine Partners, they are not charged for those dogs. We do ask for a donation at the time of placement, but if they are unable to make that contribution, it doesn't hurt their chances in receiving a dog because a lot of people who need these dogs have so many other health expenses as it is. So we help up make, make up that difference by fundraising throughout the year. So I help with different fundraising campaigns, events, um, appeals, all different things like that. But a big part of my job is also just the communication side where I am working to get our mission out there to share stories of people who have received our dogs so that people can better understand what these dogs do, the difference that they make in these people's lives. And it can be for many different reasons. You know, sometimes we go out and we speak to lots of disability support groups or professionals that are in the healthcare industry just to share our program because some people don't even realize that this could be a resource and they could really benefit from a service dog. So sometimes our communication tactics are to find those applicants and find those people who could benefit from a service dog. It could be that I'm out there communicating our mission to get more volunteers because we have a huge volunteer base that helps make our organization run. I mean, our dogs for the first year are raised completely by volunteers. So that's a big part of our program as well. So we're always out there promoting that. And then also just sharing our mission to find new individuals who connect with our mission and become supporters. Now, you talked about the long history with the organization, but could you tell me a little bit more about why you do it? What makes you want to continue this work? Absolutely. So I have had a long history with the organization, and when I started as a volunteer, I actually had a family member who started working for the organization several years ago, and that's what got me involved in the first place. And then my family started raising puppies together, which is, I kind of briefly mentioned it, but all of our dogs go through two full years of training, and for the first year... They're raised completely by volunteers. So volunteers teach them basic obedience, socialize them in public, and really just get their foundational skills down. So I started doing that, gosh, when I was 
13, I think 13 or 14 with my sisters and my mom and we raised puppies, which is how I got introduced. And then when you raise a puppy for the organization, you get to follow that puppy through the rest of its training. So we would get updates on how the puppy was doing. And eventually when it got matched to an individual, we got to go to the graduation ceremony and meet that person. And when our first dog graduated and we got to meet the person that received our dog that we had raised, that made it all worth it. And I knew then and there that this organization would hold a special place in my heart and in my life. And I just got more and more involved. Um, And I started helping in the office and I started helping with events and helping in the kennel, just immersing myself in all different facets of the organization. And I mean, the, the main reason I really do it is for the people that we serve, getting to meet these people who have a wide variety of disabilities, but all different challenges that they face on a daily basis, things that I myself and I'm sure a lot of us take for granted that we don't even think about. Um, These people have these challenges every day, yet they still are some of the most incredible, most positive people. And to meet them, hear their story. I always like to talk to them about what their goals are. What would they like to achieve now that they have this service dog? And then to get to see them reach those goals is just incredible. You know, I, like I said, I've been around the organization for almost 15 years. I go to every single graduation ceremony. And when we have graduation ceremonies, each team that's graduating, the person gets to speak and they share their story and they share how this dog is changing their life. And it just makes it all worth it. You know, I have met so many of our graduates and yet every single ceremony I break down and cry every time. Um, But just to feel like I have a very, very small part in making these partnerships happen. It's just, I mean, it is rewarding for me, but it's a job where I know that I am making a difference in somebody else's life and giving somebody else the chance to live an independent life. And like I said, that measure of independence for everybody is different. So for some people, that means that they can go out and they can get a job. For other people, that means that they can actually take a shower without having somebody else in the bathroom with them and just have that little bit of privacy. So just being able to be a part of those partnerships and making that possible is just incredible. And I have met the most amazing people in this organization. And something that's special about Canine Partners is that we have a lifetime follow-up program. So we're constantly keeping in contact with our teams and providing them support for the lifetime of the partnership. So we always get updates. They come back for training classes. And just to be there and and be a cheerleader for them as, as they go out there and achieve their goals and dreams is just amazing. So can you talk about some of the issues that you face or some of the issues that the organization uh, encounters in in working with uh, service dogs and helping families? Yeah, so I would say for the organization, one of the biggest challenges that we face currently within the service dog industry is the issue of fake service dogs. So there are a lot of websites out there people have learned that you can go online, you can just buy a vest, they put it on their pet, they take them out in public, and it's becoming a big problem. And people don't realize 
why it is such an issue. But for people who are receiving service dogs from credible organizations, you know, Canine Partners is an accredited organization through Assistance Dogs International. So our dogs are going through two full years of training before we're even matching them to an individual to go out and work with them in public. We have that lifetime follow-up program. We're constantly helping them throughout the lifetime of their partnership. For people that, you know, are just taking their pet dog out in public and claiming that it's a service dog because they think it's fun to have their dog out there with them, it creates big problems for our recipients and people that are doing it the right way. You know, essentially, it's almost like you are impersonating somebody that has a disability. The the people that are getting these service dogs from us, they certainly don't wish to live with the disabilities and the conditions that they have, but it's something that they have to, you know, face on a daily basis. And these dogs are helping them do that. But when people are taking advantage of the system and business owners have a dog come in that is unruly, is misbehaved, and then the next dog comes in, maybe it's one of our graduates that's doing it the right way, that business owner is now hesitant to let them in. And it's causing issues for our graduates who are doing it the right way. You know, there's dogs out there that really shouldn't be out in public. We've had a few of our service dogs have encounters with other service dogs that people claim are service dogs and they are aggressive in nature and it's just making it unsafe um, for people that are doing it the, the right way. So that is a big challenge that we are facing just in the service dog industry as a whole. And we're really just trying to better educate people about the industry, about the laws that surround service dogs, why it is harmful to do it the wrong way to just take your pet out, things like that. Um, so that's definitely a big challenge for us right now that we're working and other accredited service dog organizations are working just to better educate the public, work with lawmakers, and just tighten some of these laws and parameters surrounding service dogs. Well, that's all the questions I had for you today. Uh, thank you, Tanya, for being on this episode of Five Questions. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to talk with me. Did you have any closing thoughts you'd like to share out? Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, one thing that I always like to say is if somebody is thinking about getting a service dog, definitely look into it. Do your research. You know, Canine Partners might be the right organization for you, or we might not be. Every organization specializes in something different, but I always encourage people, if you are going to get a service dog, go to an accredited organization because then you know that you are getting a dog that comes from a quality training program and you're going to get that lifetime follow-up support. Um, but service dogs really can make a big, big difference for people with disabilities. So if you're even thinking about it, definitely encourage you to look into it. Great. That's it for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Mikey Bivs and tweet about the show. If you have a particular cause or activist that you would like to hear from, let me know.